Hello, my name's Amy and what you're about to listen to is my interview with Ronan Jennings, founder and game master at Strachan Games. We talk about how the whole idea for online campaigns came about and what's next for the company. Hello and welcome to The Voice Podcast. I'm here with Ronan Jennings. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing great. Um, though I'm a little bit chaotic and disorganized. We're in the middle of a house move right now. Uh, so usually I'd have a I'd have a big, nice setup at my, at my desk with my uh, microphone set up on a stand. But right now I'm uh, sitting on a mattress on the floor of my living room uh, with my microphone perched on a bin, uh, my laptop on my knees. <laughs> that sounds chaotic. Um, I hope it's all going well. <laughs> <laughs> so far it is. It's, it's a bit lo-fi for this, uh, but it, it feels rustic. Oh, that's what we love on The Voice podcast. Um, <laughs> so I guess best place to start is just tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what your job is. Right. Uh, so my name is Ronan Jennings. Uh, I grew up in the Cayman Islands and um, studied uh, classics and ancient history over in, uh, in England. Um, and now I'm living in Edinburgh, doing a lot of freelance work and running Strachan Games, where uh, we make uh, murder mystery role-playing games. Fantastic. And you said we. Who is we? Who's the team? Um, so we, well, it's mainly me. I say we to make me sound a little bit more important. But uh, <laughs> uh, me and my girlfriend is invaluable for help. And uh, my good friend Fergus is uh, my illustrator. He does lots of designs for all of the work. Uh, and he is also invaluable for uh, advice, feedback, and running test games of all of my games. Um, so it's just just a small little a little team of us. That sounds very uh, quaint and small, but <laughs> the work you do looks like it's made by a thousand people, so it's very impressive. Oh, thank you very much. So how did you get started making kind of digital party games, I'd say? Yeah, so I've always, I've always been into games. I've always been that guy whenever friends are hanging around. He goes, oh, right, okay, sh- should we play a game? Sometimes to roll dies and groans, um, but, <laughs> but usually to everyone, everyone getting into it. Um, and uh, I used to I used to throw big events for parties and whatnot, and I, I put together a few, a few murder mystery events for my friends, uh, and they went great, and, uh, and I loved it, and everyone loved it, and I was keen to do more. Uh, but then this, this small global pandemic happened, uh, which kind of put a dent in things. Uh, so I, I thought, oh, no, this is, it's a pain. I won't be able to do that for a while. Um, but then it got me thinking a bit more creatively, of thinking, oh, is there, is there a way I can take take the premise of what I did for big groups of friends at a party and drill it down to the five or six people that are allowed to be in one place or make it exclusively digital so people can do it over Zoom. And it took a lot of trial and error and the first few games didn't work very well. Um, but I had lots of lots of bored friends who were keen, <laughs> keen to do things over lockdown, uh, especially things that have to be done digitally. Uh, so I had a big pool of playtesters and uh, bit by bit, uh, I refined things into a game that was that was good, um, and and then so started selling them online. Uh, got a few commissions to write custom made ones for customers, and uh, with, with uh, a few a few handy contacts in the right places, um, got a couple of deals for some bigger companies who are going to be running them. Wow, um, that sounds like it all happened very fast. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it did really. <laughs> yeah, it was really just a hobby that. I essentially monetized. It was it was something I was doing to entertain myself just for the fun of it because because we were in lockdown and to entertain my friends because they all needed something to do and wow. and it turned out quite well. Sounds like it. That's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. 
So you mentioned that you had kind of game nights and things. Um, do you play many traditional board games and things like that? Yeah, yeah, as, as many as I can, uh, though. The, the classic issue with those is arranging other people who are as into them as you are. Um, I'm always trying to push for like, oh, let's play this, this, this big, long, complicated thing that's going to take two, three, four hours to complete. And so wrangling friends back can be tricky. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm as into them as I can be. And I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and whatnot. And um, very much in character, I, I'm usually the one who ends up running the games and organizing them uh, for everyone else. So what is the process like of making one of your games? Uh, so, so I always start with, with the theme, whatever theme it's going to be. Um, so, for example, one of, uh, one of the ones I made, the first one I released online was, was kind of Wild West themed. And I think, okay, so who are the, who are the interesting people in this situation and, and what sort of interesting scenarios could there be? I think, oh, right, there'll be, there'll be a sheriff, there'll be an outlaw who's hiding out in town. Uh, oh, maybe the outlaw hiding out in town could be the main mystery, someone secretly an outlaw. Uh, there'll be a saloon owner and a deputy. Uh, and... And I'll come up with these interesting characters, interesting situations, and think of uh, ways they can, we can create drama from them. So uh, maybe some of the lawmen are crooked. Uh, maybe there's a mayor who's trying to wrangle control of the town. Um, uh, you know, someone who is secretly an outlaw is actually a trusted member of society. And I'll write up basically character documents for each of these people. And uh, so, so if you were to play one of the games, you'd receive you'd receive a pdf or or if you're in person some paper with a packet saying oh you're you're the sheriff this is your backstory this is your deal this is who you are based on what i found exciting um and i i will have written all of these in parallel kind of weaving them together thinking like oh uh if if this person's corrupt who can they be secretly working with oh okay this person and so i'll i'll put a mention of the corrupt figure in in that person's uh, character sheet and just slowly interweave the narratives um and that's uh, that's basically how it how it gets going um because the way the way my games work which might be a bit differently to a traditional murder mystery where where traditionally it would be here's the situation uh, there's been a mystery slowly solve it mine are a bit more interactive a bit more player versus player so if you've ever played games like Mafia, Werewolf, um, The Resistance is a good one, um, or Secret Hitler that got quite popular, where all players are working together, but someone has a secret, and the entire game is trying to suss out who's lying, and it's up to the players themselves to just face-to-face -face lie to each other. And that was the kind of the groundwork, and so it's essentially a fleshed-out version of that. So it's up to the player who who has a secret or who is the outlaw or whatever it happens to be um to lie to their friends and um and not let anyone find out the secrets they have written on their sheets um and then i'll add in a few extra interweaving plots so maybe one character may, maybe they don't quite care about find, finding or solving the big mystery they care about more about uh getting revenge on the person who killed their wife or whatever dramatic thing I can come up with. So there's lots of people making deals with each other and trying to trying to screw each other over essentially to get their way. Well, I love Secret Hitler. Which, ah, perfect. If you don't know what Secret Hitler is, that sounds very suspect, but I promise it's a game. <laughs> Had you done much writing before these games, or is it just something you've always had an imagination for? Yeah, I've done quite a lot of writing. Um, when I first moved to Edinburgh, I 
I, I did a lot of freelance work uh, writing for for theater groups or doing uh, script editing. I did some did some script doctoring for random clients online who'd send me a, send me a screenplay or or something. I'd rework it, uh, and and I'm, I'm I'm constantly writing, trying to get things done. Um, not so much prose. I've I've tried to write a few books, uh, and I never get very far. You know, the classic. I have ten uh, first chapters on my computer. Um, but that was that was another thing I did over lockdown. I tried to write a radio play, uh, a big long epic ten episode thing, which I which I, I did. I wrote. Uh, it's probably rubbish though. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so I've always been doing a lot of writing, and and this is a nice way to redirect it into a medium that. I could just enjoy with my friends and have people have fun rather than rather than just spouting whatever story at them, whether people care or not. They can have people latch in and actually be part of the experience rather than just watching it. Wow. Well, maybe radio play is the next big thing for Ronan. <laughs> Let's um, find out. Well, audio is really taking off, um, yeah. especially in, in the pandemic. Um, oh, I've got really into, into podcasts and listening to them um, because it's an easy thing to consume and, and a relatively easy thing to make compared to yeah, compared to film or theater or TV. Um, and, and here we are on a podcast. So yeah. maybe that's the future. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly obsessed with podcasts, which I guess I should be, being the host of one. But... <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> what, what podcasts are you into? I imagine, I imagine quite a lot of D&D-based ones. Actually, no. Um, uh, yeah, because there have, there have been a lot of D&D podcasts that have got really popular in the last couple of years. It's kind of been an explosion of it. Um, but I personally can't stand them. I, I hate watching other people play play games like D&D. I, I, I need to be part of it myself, otherwise I tune out. Um, but they are uh, a big fan of the uh, of the big popular ones like No Such Thing as a Fish, the QI podcast, um, which is very funny. Um, recently, recently binged a, a, an Australian podcast from a few years ago called Finding Drago, where... A couple, a couple comedians go on this really intense, uh, long deep dive investigation to find, to find an author of some obscure book who went missing, um, supposedly in the nineties. So a bit of a variety. <laughs> well, I am shocked and appalled that you haven't listened to a D and D podcast. It's like, that's <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll have to fix that. Um, I've listened to yeah. snippets of many different ones. <laughs> Never get through an episode. So, what would you say to someone? who wants to start doing what you're doing? Uh, I'd say start small. Start with something you can do to entertain your friends. Uh, because that, that's how they started. I just wanted to keep myself busy and make my friends happy. And if you can make something for a small group and they have fun, then, then you can make, make more for them. Or they'll be, they'll be the perfect playtesters. If your friends aren't having fun, then they're not going to ask to do it again. Uh, but if you have these people you trust saying, hey, remember that thing we did last, last week? Do you have another one of those? Can we do another one of those? Then that's the perfect sign that, oh, okay, you're, you're onto something here. And take their advice for, for playtesting and feedback uh, and, and work from there and just focus on making something that's, that's fun and exciting. And the rest should hopefully fall into place, uh, which I suppose that's a, that's a big a big statement. Just make something fun, and then you'll be massively successful. Uh, <laughs> not, not quite the truth, sadly. Um, I'm, I'm still working on that, that second bit. But yeah, so make something fun and make connections. So the the only way I've been able to make any money at all uh, via this is because I had 
contacts in the right place who who knew how to sell these sorts of things yeah i guess the advice always is like just make something you love and then people who love it will flock to you and then even if you even if they don't then you made something you love and that's and that's good that's worthwhile in itself and then maybe you can make another thing with what you learned from making that first one oh that's good advice um (laughs) some that i should follow in my own life but (laughs) so where do the ideas for the games come from like specifically the wild west and things like that because they all have very different but very strong themes to them yeah well it it's usually just what's a fun setting what sort of characters would people like to role play as and what what settings um invite backstabbing and politicking uh so so ones i've come up with are wild west and pirates and uh an alien loose on a spaceship and a, a creepy old creepy old Scottish cabin in the middle of the woods in, in the 1800s um, and Game of Thrones style um, medieval politics. So think just things that I, I'd like to experience myself and think, oh, I, I'd love to pretend to be a pirate and organize my friends to lead a mutiny against the captain. That, that's just a fun thing I'd like to do. Uh, and that's, that's just where I start. Um, but if you have any suggestions, hit me up. I mean, I'm, I don't know if you want any of them. But <laughs> <I would laughs> oh, yeah, let, let me hear them. What, what, are, what are you thinking? Oh, um, what would I enjoy doing? Most of them just enjoy being a backstabbing villain in any setting. <laughs> there you go. But I guess million dollar question and quite a controversial question is, um, what's your favorite game that you've made so far? Can you choose? Ooh, okay. Um, I think my favorite... I don't know about mechanically the best, because that's a very different question. <laughs> um, I think my favorite was I made a, a Game of Thrones themed one, which I mentioned briefly um, a second ago, for on commission for a friend of mine's rugby club. And and so then I, I got to I got to write the dream scenario, basically. I could come up with with or copyright free uh, royal houses. And and come up with excuses for like interhouse politics, and there were like between fifteen and twenty people in it, I think. Uh, and so there's so much drama and interweaving politics, and I came up with the rules for people to declare war on each other, and and set it off, and it was just chaos. There were it seven, eight, nine different plots going over each other, and people were shouting at each other, and there were spies trying to find each other, and they couldn't in the in the mess of things um, and wars were being declared uh, and I think everyone had a great time. I don't know if it was a balanced game. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how much I need to change to rework it um, to sell that one properly because um, yeah I, that, that one's not um, that was not available online yet. Um, but it was so much fun and coming up with all the characters and all the plots it felt like I was writing Game of Thrones essentially. And then I got to see my friends write Game of Thrones with me when they took on the characters and thought, ah, I'm going to backstab this this person in this way, in a way that I never thought as the writer. Uh, so that was just so much fun to do. Well, I mean, I am fully sold. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Me and a couple of my friends and my family are all um, just huge board game nerds. And I think this is gonna, definitely going to be a staple for our parties now where can oh, people find your games okay so i'm on strachangames.co.uk strachan spelt uh s-t-r-a-c-h-a-n uh so you can you can download the games there and 
they'll have instructions to run them yourself. Uh, or you can get in contact if you want to have one specifically written for you. Um, and also I've got, a, I've got a few deals in the works currently um, with bigger companies that I can't talk about all of them, but um, very soon uh, there's a Canadian company called Vancouver Mysteries, where if you want if you want an online version of the game run for you with a kind of games master to to run the game for you, uh, as soon as things are up and running, uh, you can head over there and book a slot with them. But mainly Stratton Games. Well, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I love Vancouver Mysteries. Anyway, it was fantastic having you on and having a little bit of a chat about games. Um, this one's oh, been very fun, very fun for me. Oh, it's been a great time. Today's episode was made possible by Voice Magazine, an online platform for young people interested in art and culture. You can read Voice over at voicemag.uk and find it on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as voicemag.uk. The voice contributors are also on Instagram over at voice.extra. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, the contributors release the Voice Extra podcast every Saturday, where they talk about the pieces they've produced and the culture they've been enjoying. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us to make more with a donation of any amount at voicemag.uk slash donate. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the use of the track Thief in the Night. You can find more of his work at incomputech.com. Tom Innes was the executive producer and Amy Kluler was the editor. 